the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog, and... I am Iron Man. Yes, that's right. We are here for the episode entitled Sabbath, the Early Years. As if you hadn't heard that before. Um, and, and yeah, it'll be about the, the Aussie time because that's like a unique time, which I mean, you know, there's still some people out there that say... That's the only real Sabbath yeah. is that time. So, you know, and yeah. those, those people are called uh, Sharon Osborne and her lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And so and so we'll give that episode its due in one in one uh, thing. So before we get to that, we got the metal news, current events. We went and saw Ghost. We did. Uh, I had a blast. I didn't know what quite to expect because I've seen like. Some video of them live and right. this and that, but mostly my experience with Ghosts has been listening to their records. Right. You know, um, I got in, into them early on. It was, okay. I forgot what I was listening to or what I was doing, uh, uh, something and where I, maybe a suggestion came along that, you know, oh, you might like this band or what. Right. And I checked them out on YouTube mm -hmm. and I listened to like a couple of, tracks so i was like oh shit i dig this right you know um ghost is kind of controversial in metal circles i'm finding there's mm -hmm. a lot of like the hardcore hardcore metal fans that are like they're not real metal mm -hmm. it's all a joke thing mm -hmm. they're not a serious band it's a gimmick right and to me it's you know they're more heavy metal kiss in a yeah. way it's you listen to the albums, and you could t the musicianship is there. Right. The songs are catchy. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna blow you away. It's not like a prog rock album. It's not like crazy shredding. Right. It's solid metal slash hard rock, played well. Right. And that's kind of their pocket, you know. And I dig it. And there's like the first album, they kind of had like a Blue Oyster Cult meets King Diamond vibe to them. Mm -hmm. So I got that album right away after I checked them out. So I was like, oh, I'm really digging this. And I started telling like, as many friends as I could about them. I was right. like, hey, check this band out. I think you're going to like them. Right. So then, you know, I was hooked early on. And that it takes a lot for me to get into a new band. Me too. Days. Really, like, really a lot. Like, like, I hardly don't ever do it. <laughs> yeah. And, but, yeah. I mean, I've warmed up to there's a few bands that are what I'd consider newer mm -hmm. that I got super into in the last, you know, decade or so. Ghost being one of them, The Sword being another one mm -hmm. of them, uh, Amana Marth right. being another one. And they're, I don't know exactly when Amana Marth started, but yeah. I first heard them in like the mid-2000s right. type of thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they were earlier than that, but yeah. That's uh, still to me that that would be new. Anything past like 1983 is new. <laughs> pretty <laughs> like, much. It's that new shit. Yeah. And, but it was for me, it's cool when I find these bands that I like because I hit that point, like we said before, in the 90s when I was in high school where 
I was really into thrash metal and this and that and and Pantera and then um, I just could not fucking dig the new metal thing. Right. So bands like Korn and yeah. shit like that, I wasn't very interested in at mm-hmm. all. So there's just this time period where I was like, oh, I guess I hit that point where I don't like new music. Right. You know, where it's like, I'm just going to listen to my shit and that's it. Right. And then bands started creeping up, like Avenged Sevenfold, I got really into up until like about their third album. Mm-hmm. But there was these bands that were more traditional metal sounding right. again. Yeah. And I started digging on that. It'll it'll cycle back that yeah. way. Oh, fucking hell. Ho- hopefully, Yeah. When when Metallica had their new metal no solos album, oh, it's no. like uh, I really that I'm just hoping that never makes a comeback. That yeah, just I that era that. fucking sucked. It did. It, it was did, especially for guitar players. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, that's what I liked about metal. <laughs> yeah, is the guitar, and when people are like. The virtuosity, oh, you know, <laughs> the guitar and the singer and, you know, yeah, the drummer. When, when people are like, oh, it's metal, but we got rid of all, like, the shit, like, guitar solos. I'm like, ugh. Right. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah, so, you neutered it. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> so Ghost was probably the more recent of the recent bands that I right. got into. Uh, another one is Paul Bearer. Okay. Uh, we might cover some of these later. Yeah. Uh, as far as newer bands, but, um. Yeah, we still got to do that episode. Yeah. Um. So I um, I had actually seen Ghost before. They opened for, for Maiden last year. Mm. But it was a totally different thing because it was um, during the day. Yeah. You know, it was uh, uh, amphitheater. So it was outdoors. And um, they didn't have all the other effects and all this. You yeah. know, they were opening. So it, <laughs> it was a lot different. Yeah, I could imagine, like, the vibe of yeah. just not being like, okay, yeah. this is cool. And this time he did his whole shtick where he talks and, you know, he's, he's funny. He's yeah. a funny guy and, and uh, uh, entertaining guy. Yeah. So he didn't do all that. They only had, like, half hour when they opened for, yeah. so he, he didn't have time to do all that shit. So I didn't even know that part, and uh, which is a kind of a big part of the show. You know, he, well, that's a, the thing is once you get Ghost in their element, man. When this was the Ghost show, yeah. it was the only time I've been to a concert where it was only yeah. the headlining band and there was an intermission. Right. You right. Know? Yeah, they played twenty six songs. And uh, I mean, technically, it's twenty six songs, but yeah. you got to count that if you look at that track list, a lot of them were like what they counted as songs were like those kind of quick instrumental intervals. Oh, okay. In between. Yeah. Like stuff like Devil Church, like on the album, it's just a quick little instrumental, oh, and they played that in between stuff, which is usually a costume change. Right. But yeah, costume changes. Yeah. But you know, I um, I was telling somebody about it, and I I compared him to uh, to a, like a modern day Alice Cooper. Yeah. Well, you told the, you're talking to me about that. Oh yeah. The, your, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, that's what yeah, you're saying after the show. It's it's uh, it's very much in the same vein, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool, man. I enjoyed it and and uh and one of the cool things is that we were in the balcony. Yeah. And this is an old ass theater, so the balcony was like super steep. Yeah. You know, and so we got like the full view 
and then the floor of that stage is checkered, yeah. which kind of added to it. Like it kind of added to an element to it that it was, it was kind of, it was, it was Speaking trick. of that checkered floor, so a friend of mine who happened to also be at that show and I didn't know it, mm. he's like, hey, me and my friend were having a debate about this. Um, it's like ghost, uh, two-tone checker stage. Everybody was wearing weird hats. There was a saxophone. They're a ska band, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, That's um, hilarious. But, oh, yeah, the, the sax solo was awesome. That was a trip, yeah. There was a lot of trippy shit, man. It was cool. It was, it cool. was Yeah, it was a very fun thing. And, yeah, like you said, it was in an old theater. The theater that it was in, uh, you know, if you're in San Diego, it was at Spreckles Theater. Right. If anybody's listening that's never been there before, it's over 100 years old. Yeah, it's like 1908 or something like that. Um 1912. Okay. 1912. It's over 100 years old, yeah. and so are all the security guards. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious, man. That was, there was this one dickhead right in a, in a row before in front of us who, there was an empty seat to the side of him, but he wouldn't move yeah. because he thought that was his seat or whatever, and they had to go get the security guy who was like 100 years old. <laughs> And he was trying to get in there, and I was telling, I was telling you, I go, man, if he takes a tumble, he's done, <laughs> you know, because it's so steep. But yeah, finally the guy, the guy ended up just moving over. So then he had to sit right next to the dude who was pissed off at him yeah. for making him miss like three songs, while he fucking refused to comply. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, I just tell my wife about that. I'm like, yeah. This is all going on in Big Frog's like, what does this motherfucker come with the theater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody, like all the security there was old. Yeah, really old. Yeah, there was like, another old lady too who was chasing around the dancing girl. Yeah. Because she was getting, she was, she was trying to go to all the sections and like yeah. dance for everyone. Oh, let her have her fun. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it was she was nature girl. Yeah, it was cool. It was trippy. Yeah. Witchy, witchy bitch. Witchy bitch. Yep. <laughs> So last night, um, I went to uh, this place in National City. It's called Pitbull Audio. It's like a, um, it's in a little warehouse district. So I think that they, what they do is a lot of shipping business and stuff. But they also have a storefront. They sell guitars. They sell, um, you know, DJ shit. They sell um, drums. They sell all this shit. And, uh, and they have, like, these seminars sometimes. And I've seen a few of them, and they've always been good. But last night, they had Kiko Loredo, who's the newest guitar player for Megadeth. And he fucking put on a fucking... It was sick, dude. He was... he. Unfortunately, we got there a little bit late, so we weren't, like, sitting towards where he was facing. So we were kind of off to the side. But we got to see a lot of it. And if you asked a question from this side, then he faced the side while he was answering the question yeah. and giving you examples and shit. So it was cool. <clears throat> a lot of what he was saying, I did understand, but there was some of it that was over my head. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, though, I I left with more knowledge than I came in with. So it was cool. That's good. And also, it gave me an idea that there might be sometimes for the podcast where having giving a couple of like audio examples of what I mean when I'm saying something, mm -hmm. if I'm talking about like Iomi's style, what what the difference is, maybe to illustrate that. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking that I might do some of that. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, so that would yeah, be all right, I think. You learn some new tricks on the yeah. guitar. It, no, it'll be like real basic. It'll be like what's what when they say this, what do they mean? Yeah. When they say that you know Iomi, you know hit this tritone, whatever. What is that? You oh, know what the, I mean? Uh, the the devils. Uh, yeah, you know uh, different things that 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 possibly could do that for you know, um, and. That leads us with the tritone to uh, the man of the hour and his band, Tony Iommi and Black Sabbath. I like that you uh, went with Tony Iommi and yeah. Black Sabbath because, you know, that's the thing. It's I think it's unfair that somewhere along the line, it be it's everybody's like, oh, Ozzy's the heart of Black Sabbath. Right. You know, I'm not going to say Ozzy's not important to Black Sabbath. Of course. He fucking obviously is. But everything cool about Black Sabbath from the early going Mm -hmm. up until, you know, Ozzy leaving during that period, it was Iomi writing the riffs Mm -hmm. and um, And Geezer writing the the lyrics. Yeah. Ozzy didn't really write a whole lot. Right. So he's a he's a great front man. For sure, and he and a unique, unique voice. Yeah, and he and de- it fit the the band. Yeah. The most is, important yeah. of all, the thing is, he developed into a great frontman too. Right, he wasn't even a great frontman at first. He right. used to just stand off to the side. Yeah, and do his thing. Like yeah. he was nervous about being up front and center. Yeah, so he would just stand to the side of the stage. Right, and yeah. then eventually he got his confidence, and then he just started right. zipping all over the place. Right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Birmingham. You always hear that name. now. Yeah. It's like infamous now because of metal, basically. Yeah. And ironically, that's what they do there is manufacture metal products. Yeah. And since it was about that, you hear like, like dudes for, that are from Liverpool, dudes that are from Birmingham, industrial cities mm-hmm. in England. Those fucking cities got bombed the fuck out of by the yeah. Germans. Like, right? to, not to like interrupt, but when you think of like, because I've never actually, obviously, I've never been to Birmingham. Yeah, I really haven't seen it that much. When you when someone says Birmingham, what do you mm. picture? Smokestacks. For me, it's I yeah, I'm about the same. Yeah, I picture like this almost post apocalyptic yeah t- city that's. It's like eternally dark. Right. Like I always imagine it like nighttime. Right. Which it probably isn't like that now, but it probably was like that when Ozzy and them were born. Oh yeah, well you know, it's like, it was just recently all fucked up. Yeah, it's post-war. Yeah. Right after you know, right at the end of World War Two, it's been, right. Like you said, it's been bombed to shit because they were the industrial centers. So mm-hmm. you have these. Towns of steel workers mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. working in a bombed out, yeah, you know, yep, city. Tough towns, tough times, broke, you know. Yeah. And uh, one thing in the books that I've read about dudes that grew up during that time, like uh, they always talk about being bullied at some point. Like they all grew up with like bullies around. Like, um, and ironically, Tony Iommi was Ozzy's bully oh, in yeah. elementary school and like during, like in school growing up. So when they saw the flyer 
Ozzy Zig requires gig in yeah. the thing. Tony's like, I know it's Ozzy, but it can't be him. Yeah. You know. And I go, oh, well, let's go check it out. And then fucking boom, it is him. And then Tony's like, nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> you, you want that guy or whatever, whatever. But as was the way in those days, Ozzy had a PA. And, and that was the way into a band, man. I mean, you know, if and and uh, he he thanks his father eternally because even though he was broke, he scrounged up and got him that. And well, know. it's you know it's funny, like, yeah. If you have a PA, you're in a band. It's yeah. like um, don't matter if you're good at it. If you have a drum kit, oh yeah, you're gonna find a band. Yeah, you're you'll figure out how to drum eventually. Right. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. But it's hard to find a drum to afford a drum kit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Back in the days, one of our biggest problems was finding a drummer who had drums. Yeah, and and a way to get them around. Yeah, it was yeah no that, no, it that wasn't was no joke. That wasn't even something we'd even thought of when me and my friends started a band. It's funny because like not only it's like if you have a drum kit, you get to be in a you're you're a drummer in a band. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're good or not. You also dictate where the practices happen. Right. They happen in your garage. They happen where your drums are. Because nobody's fucking moving your drum kit anywhere. Right. <laughs> right. So, Sabbath starts as a blues band. Yeah. Now, did you uh, get into the, the name they had before they were Earth? No, I don't think so. I don't think I remember that. So, they're, uh, they were the, uh, the Polka Tolk oh, Blues yeah. Band. That's right. Because I guess polka tog was some sort of uh, powder or something like that, like kind of like a talcum powder type thing, or some company, and they thought it was a funny sounding name. So okay. They that. okay. So imagine like that's why I was saying uh, like uh, Greta Van Fleet has one of those fucking whack ass band names that yeah. someone has before they settle on something cool. Yeah. Like you know Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath. Right. Um, they. Yeah, that's they have yeah. a corny ass name, and then I guess at some point someone was like, "This is fucking dumb." Right. Let's call ourselves Earth. Yeah. You know. You know it's funny because you don't never you don't ever think about the band name, but one time, uh, this drummer that I knew, Art, he was gonna go audition for a band, and I gave him a ride, mm-hmm. right? And so, I went and whatever, and uh, he played, and they liked him, right? And then they're like, so if you want the, you want the gig, you got it. He's like, yeah, yeah, man, I want it. And they're like, right on. Welcome to the Blood Butts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> because this was still deep in homophobia days. You know, this was butts. <laughs> Jeez, I thought mine was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, did, I, did I mention that, like, the, the name of our no. It was uh, the Anti-Dentites. Oh my lord! Off of the uh, off of Seinfeld. Seinfeld yeah. yeah, we thought it was one of those things that was funny at first. Yeah, and then it wasn't funny anymore. Yeah. but then we couldn't think of anything better. Right. So we kept pitching new band names to each yeah. other, but we couldn't settle on anything. Right. I wonder how many people just didn't even get it and thought it was like something offensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> like we had fans. Well, yeah. There you uh, go. Everybody in the band knew the joke. Right. And we never played anywhere. Right. <laughs> so I'm sure we would have figured something out eventually. Yeah. But it was literally like I would come up with different ideas after that. I'm like, this like this, let's be honest, this is a fucking terrible band name. Right. Oh yeah. And uh Yeah, um having something that sounds cool doesn't necessarily fucking 
help. It's like um, a lot of stupid names get big, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't. It, I don't. It doesn't really matter that much. I don't it matters think. to an extent. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, you if you got think. a classic, classic name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the first time I heard the name Iron Maiden, I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought, why, why, why are they named after a maiden? You know, that I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't mean, know the whole it thing. It always sounds cool to me, but I mean, it's definitely, you know, sometimes a, a corny name is going to work, but other times like, like butthole surfers. Right. I mean, they, they never got huge, huge, huge. Right. But people knew who they were. Oh yeah, totally. On the other and, hand, the, the blood butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to fucking go anywhere. With yeah. That yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of in the same vein, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of in the same vein, but butthole surfers is—it's funnier without being like directly kind of gross. Yeah. Where blood butts is just like fucking blood in your butt. Yeah. Like it's there's not a lot of room <laughs> for imagination. Right. That's true. You gotta be fucking derailed with that shit. All that right. is true. Okay, so basically, they're a blues band, and then they write the song Black Sabbath. Yeah. And it changes everything because, first of all, it's not blues at all. Yeah. Right? It's not a danceable song. Mm -hmm. It's a purpose, I guess, is just for you to sit there and listen to it yeah, and, and go, fucking nod along oh, or oh, more. Shit. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, one of many Tony Iommi's many inventions, or not inventions, but adaptations that were not previously in hard rock. Yeah, was the use of the um, the tritone. Yeah, right, which is the flatted fifth. Yeah, right, because in music, like the note, the root note is your main note. Everything comes off of that, right? The rest of the scale comes off of that. And the most recognizable tones after that are the octave and then the fifth, right? And the fifth is forms part of every chord almost. Well, they just went ahead and instead of that, they, they flat that fifth and hit a note that doesn't go. Mm -hmm. It's in between two notes that do go, and it doesn't go, and they never resolve it. They leave it hanging there. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives you that, that sinister sound, yeah. because your mind's not used to hearing that. And those tones were like, not outlawed, I don't think there was a law, yeah. but they were not to be used in like proper classical yeah. well, music. Well, it was called like the devil's yeah. scale. Yeah, the, de like the, the devil in music, yeah. Like, uh, it's funny because all, like anytime, like you said, it sounds sinister mm -hmm. anytime anyone uses it. Right. Um, not to go full dork on you, like, go to go to Disneyland. Right. Uh, wait in line for the Haunted Mansion. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. the same... Totally tones uh, in that cue while you're waiting, just right. on you know on a uh, just on keyboard. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, that, that that's uh, that's something that yeah, and it's it is highly more popular popularized after Sabbath, 
And the, the thing about Iomi, where he's fucking, first of all, it's because of the creativity that he has that makes him able to write all these fucking riffs. Yeah. And also because of that creativity, he doesn't have to go back to that well all the time. Yeah. He doesn't use that like on every song. It's here and there. And yeah. so you don't, you never get used to it and you never get tired of it. Other bands have come along and kind of fucking, you know, Slayer fucking beats that shit to death. Yeah. It's still cool, you know, but it's, but that's, you know, that's their go-to. Yeah. And it's really not meant to be that, you know. Yeah. What's cool to me with the, the original Black Sabbath song mm -hmm. is that one song perfectly sets the template, though. For like everything Sabbath does going forward, right? It's you know that you know their first song as Black Sabbath called Black Sabbath has the you know the slow build and right. then the tempo change, right? And it's like to me, I've I've told people before, it's like you can have all the death metal in the world and all the black metal mm -hmm. metal in the world, um, still the most evil shit in music is in the song Black Sabbath when yeah. that tempo changes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So. Yeah, and so they wrote that song, and they changed the name of the band to that, Yeah. and then that changed everything that was going to be the direction going yeah. forward. And that direction is heavy metal, as we know it, basically. Yeah, um, yeah there were some things that were kind of metal-y before that, sure. Uh, but the entire package of what we consider metal didn't exist before that, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, I think, that's the thing is people argue about what the, the beginning origins of metal are. Right. A lot. It's like, oh, was it Deep Purple? Right. Was it Black Sabbath? Was yeah. It Zeppelin? Yeah. See, again, it's almost it's almost like this. It's um, like when we were talking about, you know, the difference between hard rock and heavy metal. And, and so some songs, some bands have metal songs or a metal song or two, but they're not a metal band. Yeah. Right? That's the way I look at that time. There could have been a couple of songs here and there that you could say, that sounds pretty much like metal. Yeah. I but... Mean, not a metal album. Yeah. It's Therefore, like, not a metal band. It's like Queen, where I wouldn't call them a metal band by any means. Right. But Stone Cold Crazy... Is like is, a metal song, it's a, yeah. It's fucking pretty much proto-speed metal. Right, right. So. so, yeah. So, so there you go. That's what I mean exactly. So, when I say that Sabbath was the first metal band, that's what I mean. Not that they made the first ever song that was kind of like metal. Yeah. But the first metal album, the first metal band. And and there you go. Yeah. If you ask Paul McCartney, he wrote the first metal song. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, which one did he say? Helter Skelter? Or? No. Oddly enough, he says Hard Day's Night. Oh, Lord. Just because I, apparently, because of the, the tempo and the, the boom at oh, the beginning. Yeah. No, that's stuff. a reach. Yeah, I like you said, Helter Skelter, I could kind of. Yeah. That's kind of a proto-punk song. Yeah, yeah. So, a couple of things went into the sound of, of that record. Um, 
obviously one of them is Tony's fingers, yeah. which, you know, two of them got chopped off right at the tip. And that changed the way he played, that changed the equipment that he used, and stuff like that. And one thing that I just found out recently that I didn't know is that they started recording that album and Tony was playing a Strat. Mm-hmm. And that Strat had like a bad pickup or something that was that was fucking up. And he had recently gotten an SG as a backup, but he had hardly ever played it. Mm. But as it turned out, they had the studio booked. And, you know, and that album was recorded in one day, mixed in another day. Yeah. You know, so that was the day. So he played most of it on the SG. And that changes everything. Yeah. You know, that completely changed the sound of what would be... It, it wouldn't be at, it, at that time. Now, you could get a Strat and you could put different pickups in yeah. it and whatever, and it'll sound metal. But in those days, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't yeah. have not have sounded as heavy as that SG. So that also made a, made a big change in it. But to think about it like, you know, Iomi, in the first year... He wrote the riffs to Black Sabbath, NIB, War Pigs, Paranoid, Iron Man, Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom. Yeah. In the first year. Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. I mean, most people don't write that many good riffs in their whole life. Yeah. You know? And that's the first year. So, and, and again, like we talked about um, last time, they were a hit right away. Their yeah. first album went on the charts in England. And then shortly after here, and Paranoid killed it here. Yeah. So they were a big band right away. And, you know, they started going with the experiences of being that, you know. Um, Third album, Master Reality, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they found out that they liked weed so much that they had to write a song about it. That's pretty, that's a lot. That's a, a lot of love of weed. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't, I've never written a song about weed. Yeah. Well, you then, <laughs> well, then it's funny because, yeah, they love weed so much, they write a song about it, and then volume four rolls around, and they got Snowblind. Oh, yeah. So now they're writing songs about coke. Right, because they stepped it up. That's the thing. They didn't, uh, they probably should have stayed in that weed phase for a while. Yeah. But, you know. What's funny to me about Volume 4 also, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. is the fact that that was multiple times they had a, a you know, an album title in mind and it got changed at the last yeah. minute. Paranoid was supposed to be War Pigs. Right. And then they cranked out Paranoid in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. They needed another song for the album. Mm-hmm. I only sits down, fucking busts out one of the most legendary Yeah. of all time right they put it together and it's boom done now all of a sudden dude the song's fucking amazing right we're calling the album paranoid right and that's another one where the the uh the main riff the the palm muted uh part where that that palm muted that's Iomi's too. Yeah. Like he, like as far as I know, nobody else ever did that before. Not in, not in hard rock music. Yeah. So that's another fucking um, Iomi innovation, okay. if you will. Now to get back to my point there, um, Volume Four, 
was originally supposed to be uh, Snowblind. Ah. And the company was like, you can't fucking basically name your album about cocaine. Right. And then right. they're like, oh, okay, well, what, what are we going to call it? And they couldn't think of anything. So right. it's Black Sabbath Volume 4. Right. If they're gonna if they're gonna call it um, Snowblind, they should have just made it like a mirrored album. <laughs> that would that would have been good. I do think it's funny though that the you know you had the the record execs getting on their ass about wanting to name the fucking album Snowblind, and then you got Clapton over there with cocaine. Right. You know. Yeah. At Which least is, theirs was a euphemism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, and with well. With Sabbath, like Snowblind is not is uh, yeah, I guess it's an endorsement. It's yeah. not as strong as endorsement as Sweet Leaf. Yeah, but it yeah, it's an endorsement. Yeah, whatever. And, and so was uh, so was Cocaine with uh, from Clapton was an endorsement. It was do cocaine, you should yeah. you know do blow. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, I guess in those days, why not? That was that was the thing. Um, another thing that happened right around uh, what well, was um, Master Reality mm-hmm. was when Iomi, you know, he's on the road, he's meeting other guitar players, he's meeting technicians, he's meeting guitar companies, he's, you know, uh, getting all this. He's got money now, he's getting all this knowledge and all this stuff, and. He figures out a couple of things. <clears throat> One of the things is, um, like, originally what he was doing was he was using the old old British tube amps, which is what Marshall is. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, Marshall didn't give Tony no play. So he was up at Laney and High Watt and Orange, and they're still just just as good of an amp they're just not as well known yeah or whatever but he would have them he would take one of their amps he would plug into the bass channel of it with a treble booster so it was like overloading the bass end with treble Mm -hmm. and that would give him his sound right now by this time he had he had that he had people making him amps. Yeah. So he so he could do that better. You know, his his uh sound was more contained. And at the same time he figured out about tuning down. He had already tuned down like half a step. Hendrix tuned down half a mm-hmm. step. You know, it's just a little bit to E flat. But in Master Reality, he starts turning tuning down all the way to C sharp which is a step and a half. And that's out of a normal guitar's range. And most people had never heard a guitar make that sound, right? And the first time that you hear it on the record where it is that open, lower than normal note is the beginning of Children of the Grave. That was a sound not made by a guitar before yeah. in in uh, in hard rock or heavy metal or anything. So that's another new thing that he brought. And part of it was, you know, because to make it easier to play with his hands, the way, you know, I don't know how he rough, because the first album is almost all in standard tuning, mm-hmm. right? And the second album, he drops to E flat a couple of times, I think. But 
um, most of it is also in standard tuning. So by the third album, now he figures out the tuning down and, uh, and it gives it a whole different sound. And it changes, like, because most metal is in A and E. Those are just the natural keys and they happen to be the open chords that, mm-hmm. that you normally play. Now, when you've been playing 20 years, or well, you know, not, not 20 years, because he was probably only like 25, but 15 years, you're settled into patterns with your hands, okay? Mm-hmm. Like your hands go naturally towards certain frets, right? Well, when he tuned down a step and a half, his hands still go to those frets. So basically, it changed the keys of what's normally acceptable in metal, in hard rock, in everything, in yeah. rock music, really. So because <clears throat> some of the some of the um, some of the keys that he plays in after that are kind of more piano like than than guitar like, and it changes the sound a lot. Also around this time. Ozzy started figuring out how to sing like in between the notes, you mm-hmm. know, because at first he was just kind of singing along with the riff a lot of times, yeah. you know. As he lost it, my, yep. you know. So by this time he had he was coming into his own as a um, as a a writer of melodies and yeah. a, and. Uh, and a singer of songs. Huh. He had his moments a little bit like War Pigs. It's you know most of the vocals are there's no riff at all mm-hmm. during that. They totally to come up with. Yeah, totally. So, um, so yeah, um, right as the band starts to where it should be their peak. You know, drugs come into play. Um, they're getting robbed by their management. <clears throat> a lot of fucked up shit, you know, they're they're uh away from their wives on the road and all that kind of shit. So really, I mean, Sabbath wasn't one of those bands <coughs> that like, you know, I don't know how it is, but there's some bands that don't really seem to like indulge much mm-hmm. on the road. Rush, you know. I'm sure in their younger days they probably did quite a bit of partying, but yeah. once they reach a certain age, they were just like, ah, no, they, you know, they go, you know, one of them goes and rides his motorcycle, one of them goes golfing and whatever the fuck it is. But Sabbath steadily partied all yeah. through that time. It kind of, you know, I mean, like I say, once I got into those middle air middle records, you know, after the first two. I was I was seriously on drugs too, yeah. so it was like I was just like yeah, right there with you, bro. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how they did it. Sometimes I was listening to a uh, Bill Ward interview, mm-hmm. um, like yesterday, and he was talking about how he played drums while he's on acid and shit like that, oh, and man. he's like saying how now he realizes that that was a stupid fucking idea mm-hmm. that it was like somehow he pulled it off and it's like being that high on a hallucinogen mm-hmm. while I'm supposed to hold together the tempo of the band that endangered performances and this and that. Totally. And he'd say that, you know, they'd be on the road and be pretty much 
all laying around on sofas, passed out. Mm -hmm. And then the the manager come, all right, guys, 30 minutes, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. type of thing. And they have to drag themselves out from, you know, a haze. Yeah. And drag themselves on the stage, and then they'd fucking kill it. Yeah. And then go back, and then all collapse back on the sofa again. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Speaking of Bill Ward, you know, I don't think that a lot of times he gets his due as how great of a drummer he was. And I think a lot of it is because when they recorded those first uh, records, I don't think they knew how to get a good drum sound. You know, yeah, I think well, I think he has a pretty solid dude. He's a fuck. He was a great fucking drummer, mm-hmm. but he was right in that time with John Bonham mm-hmm. and Keith Moon, mm-hmm. and they kind of got all the attention for drummers at that. Yeah, time. yeah, I guess so. But I mean, you know what? It's one of those things because um, because on the early Zeppelin albums, Bonham's drum sound is awesome. Yeah, you know. Bill Ward's drum sound sounds like he's playing on a little kit really far away. Yeah. And really fast and really like impressive and shit, but it's just not up on your it's not in your face. Yeah. And because of that, I don't think people like they just didn't hear it or didn't hear it correctly like it should have been. And and um it wasn't until I saw some old concert that they played, I think it was like in 1975 or something like that. And Bill Ward was, um, he had like dreadlocks practically, like or braids or something. Yeah. His hair was all crazy, and he was killing that drum set. And it would, and the sound was good. And yeah. I was just like, wow! I never realized how fucking sick he was, yeah. man. He was a bad motherfucker, and his own style. And, and that's a, that's the thing. That's the thing about Sabbath. Sabbath had their own style. And every member of the band had their own style. Yeah. So there was nothing about them that was like anything else. You know, geezer, like, you know, in most bands, the bass holds it down. Yeah. You know, in Sabbath, Iomi held that shit down. Yeah. And geezer was free to fucking do whatever the fuck he wanted, it seemed like. And it was cool, man. It yeah. was funky. It was different. It's, you know, nobody, nobody, and you know what? He gets fucking busy on some of those songs. Oh, yeah. And if you ever hear, like, Ozzy, or, obviously Ozzy still does it, but even if, even if you ever hear a fucking uh, Sabbath cover band or, or some other band that just plays some Sabbath songs, nobody plays Geezer's parts like yeah. Geezer plays them. They don't even try. It's like it's not even a thing to just nah just just play the play it like normal person would yeah. you know it's a whole he does a whole different fucking shit it's badass man it's fucking geezer butler you know um, so yeah and Ozzy nobody can sound like Ozzy you know for for as much as you know I mean like when we were talking about you know the PA thing or whatever I'm sure that. I'm sure Ozzy auditioned for some bands that were like, eh, nah, yeah, you don't sound right for us, you know, or or you just don't sound right, yeah, you know, and until that that right mix was found, and that was like, oh shit, yeah. his is the voice that cuts through all this fucking 
wall of sound. Yeah. And and it works perfect. So yeah, man. Um, which of I mean, it would be so fucking almost impossible to choose. But which of those albums do you like the best? Ooh, fuck. Um, I if I had to pick one, it would probably be Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really close. Like Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and um, uh, Volume Four mm-hmm. are right neck and neck. Um, Paranoid obviously gets up. You know the thing with Paranoid is you have to take some time away from it because so many of those songs are like the you know the shit you hear on the radio right that you start to lose a little bit of appreciation for songs like war pigs and paranoid right and iron man um so it's like you know when it's i was sitting down and listening to the sabbath albums again mm-hmm. you know i would kind of want to skip through a lot of those songs because i've heard them so many times right and you know it's but it's they're classics for a reason of course so and but it's those songs that you know you've heard so much that unless it's like a concert setting you don't really want to jam it right you know right but when you go to a concert and iron man fucking starts you're fucking right along with it right when you're at home you've heard iron man fifteen thousand times right you know that's the thing with black sabbath they have this huge discography Uh uh-huh at any given moment, you're going to hear Paranoid, you're going to hear War Pigs, you're going to hear Iron Man. Right. You know, and you, that's what fucking, it sucks about, that's what I hate about rock radio, is there's so many killer tunes that they just don't play very often. Yeah. You know, you yeah. might get Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath in there or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, what? yeah. But Master of Reality is right fucking there too, man, because it's like, Sweet Leaf is fucking sick. Children of the Grave is one of my favorite yep. Sabbath fucking songs. Yep. So it's like, uh, those first, the first fucking six mm-hmm. Sabbath albums, let's say, yeah. are so fucking neck and neck. Right. It's hard to pick just one because there's so, there's so many good, there's amazing songs on every single one. I I love all of them. And again, they're for me, they're grouped two by two. You know, because that's how I had them, like, on 90-minute tapes. Yeah. So the, my last 90-minute tape that I had was Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die. Yeah. Right? And the first one is fucking Sabbath and Paranoid, you yeah. know? Um, and, like, what you were saying about the about the songs, it, I agree with you. Like, Iron Man and Paranoid. Like, I'm sure that I've said, oh, if I never hear Iron Man again, that and I'm sure that I've said that, but in reality, it's not true. Because much like much like a, a young guitar player who's learning riffs, right? And they learn the riff to Iron Man, and then they think they know Iron Man, yeah. right? No, you don't know Iron Man. There's much more to Iron Man than that riff. Yeah. And in, in our minds, we think, yeah, I've heard that song so many times, I know it backwards and forwards or whatever, whatever. But... Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, man, I forgot that part. Or sometimes if you hear it with headphones or through a, a different yeah. system where you hear, like, different things. Well, that's, you can still discover new shit in there. Well, that's that, um, 
going back to like what you said with the uh, with geezer mm-hmm. on that man um a good example of geezer just being on his own other level is mm-hmm. when like the the the, towards the end of the song when the tempo changes again oh, and you yeah. got that bass like just yeah. and it's funny when uh, Metallica played at the Hall of Fame when they're inducting um, Black Sabbath yeah. I don't know if you've watched that performance yeah, I'm going to have to go back and look um, at it you got to watch that uh, they they played all of you know Iron Man because a lot of times the, the radio cuts off that mm-hmm. little outro part right but um when they get to to that bass line, not only does Rob Trujillo switch basses entirely, he's playing it sitting down. Oh wow! So it's almost like he can't, he couldn't play it standing up. Right. Like he's sitting down. Just yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's a trip. That's a trip. So yeah, so so I don't know, man. Uh, I think. Um, I think out of all of those, probably Master of Reality and uh, Volume Four were my favorite tape. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would I would have to go with one of those, if you know, or or just make them into one thing and say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what though? But I fucking I loved all of it, dude. I love Technical Ecstasy. I love Never Say Die. I don't give a fuck. Like because to me. When, you know, when, like I say, I always say, I love all aspects of the thing. I, it, to me, it's one of those, what, like, they make those memes. Well, if you don't like me at my whatever, uh, the then you don't, you know, the Marilyn hey, Monroe yeah, shit. if you don't like me at my never say die, then you don't get my paranoid. You know what I mean? It's, I, I, when the cracks are happening and there's fucking drama and there's fucking you know mm-hmm. i love that shit but it, i you know it's it's part of the thing you know it's the same yeah. reason that you know i used to go see michael shaker when i knew he was in you know throes of heroin addiction or alcoholism or whatever it's just like okay whatever yeah he's that dude and this is part of it so well you know. i you know i that's the thing with those two albums i i, I enjoy them mm-hmm. um they're good albums right they're not great albums. Right. And when you talk about Sabbath at their best, they're great albums. Yeah. So you always got to say, like, is it a good Sabbath album? Is it right. a great Sabbath album? It's They're all right albums. Yeah. They're just, they don't really have as many songs that jump out and grab me like the earlier ones. Right. Um, Dirty Women is a fucking great song. Right. But, yeah, I don't know, they just, they don't grab you as much and it's, you know, at that point, the tensions are too high. Yeah. Where th- there's there's kind of a tipping point with tension in a band where if it's at a certain level, then you get amazing no shit yeah. because you have everybody kind of wants to outdo each other and right. they're pushing each other. When the tensions are at that point where everybody's kind of fucking off and not really wanting to yeah the effort in yeah you don't get that same level and then you get a band that's starting to get stale and that needs some sort of shot in the arm and when they finally fired ozzy for being ozzy you Mm -hmm. know and he'd already quit the band once before right briefly what was that guy's name dave walker 
Is that when like they that, had Dave that, Walker? Yeah, that bluesy dude. Yeah, he had that, that version of um, uh, Junior's Eyes. Yes. That's different, yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. And, but they played, um, not only did they cut that, that version of Junior's Eyes with him, but they played um, a, a set with him on some TV show. Oh, wow. Like, they would have been booked to play something, and then they're like, oh, here's Black Sabbath featuring their new singer. Right. Dave. Dave. Good old Come Dave. on, Dave. And it was like, so, yeah, he had been in there for a minute, and then Ozzy's like, I'm back. And they're like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yep, there goes Dave. So let's let's finish this shit up. And that's why um, It's All Right has uh, um, Bill Ward. Bill Ward, vocals, yeah. Because the original version of that was uh, Dave Walker singing it. Yeah. And Ozzy, for some fucking reason, refused to sing that song. Right. So they're like, all right, let's put Bill Ward on it, and we'll do a piano ballad and let him sing. Yeah. And it's a really good ballad. He's, right. It's like, oh, Bill's been back there with a really good voice all right. along, and nobody knew. Right. And you know what? That's funny, because I was just thinking of that today, because practically, like, every every Sabbath album has, like, a ballad or just mm-hmm. a slow song or whatever. And the funny thing is that for another different band, that would just be a song, mm-hmm. you know? It's a ballad only because it's in contrast to all this heavy ass shit yeah. that's on the record. Well, yeah, that for makes it a ballad, yeah. you know. Well, that's the thing is, pretty yeah, sure they invented that too. They don't have a lot of uh, what you consider traditional ballads, right? Um, yeah, changes is not what I'd oh no call a ballad ballad. It's right. not about like love, and right? This and that, yeah, uh, for the most part. Uh, Planet Caravan is... is who knows what that shit's about. I fuck... That's one of my... Um, I'd call that one of my favorite underrated Sabbath oh, songs. Oh, it's a great also. song. Yeah. It's such a cool fucking mellow trip oh, yeah. song. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's all right. Actually, it has a little bit more of a love ballad right. to it. Right. Planet Caravan is a great, like, uh, acid song or yeah. mushroom song. Or any, like, a psychedelic type of a yeah yeah Tara covered that one shit. even yeah and it's funny because like I remember it was I think it was included on uh, it might have been on their greatest hits but they had a thing where they were talking about um, the the album was on I can't remember off the top of my head I think it might be Far Beyond Driven mm-hmm. um, but uh, they were talking about you know the song and the liner type stuff you know how they used to have that in all the CDs and right. fucking whole story about the damn album yeah and they're talking about stuff and then they mentioned that they're covering Planet Caravan and they're like we just think it's a fucking sick Sabbath song and if you don't like it because it's different from like the shit we do fuck you like right because they played it straight they didn't do like Pantera's take on Planet Caravan right they just did it it's just Phil Anselmo singing yeah. you know yeah. and it's not that different right which but, is which is cool which is cool I mean um then they did their take on Hole in the Sky later. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, basically, so then things started deteriorating to the point where, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't handle Ozzy anymore. Uh, everybody's doing different shit. Naomi's cocaine and psychedelics as is geezer which is maybe why they why they stayed together so good yeah you know uh 
Bill Ward's full-blown alcoholic. Yeah. You know, Ozzy's just doing everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And, and Ozzy stops showing up. You know, that's really... You can pretty much take anything from a band member except not showing up. Yeah. You know, so... Um, so there you go. Uh, they made Bill Ward do the deed, right? Which yeah. is super ironic now. One of, the most, one of the most fucked up guys in the band. Fire yeah. The, sec- the, yeah. the second most fucked up guy in the band has to yeah. fire the most fucked up guy right. in the band. And the guy who fired the guy ends up being the guy who's not there at the end. Yeah. Because of the guy's wife. Yeah. And, he's the, <laughs> and he's the next one in line to get fired. He's the next... Yeah, uh, the original lineup to go to go. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's replaced by Vinny. When they when they say that, when they, I'm always skeptical whenever they say health reasons or whatever because I seldom think that the person that's leaving thinks it's health reasons. You know, maybe. But I mean, with Bill Ward, he d- obviously did have health issues. I mean, yeah, fucking look does. at Bill Ward now. He yeah. does not look good. He nah. does, he does not look like a well man. Nah. No, nah, and that's um, he's been sober for years. Yeah, years. well, sometimes you fucking do the damage, dude. Yeah. Uh, Funny story, man. I I, uh, <clears throat> I used to work at the Goodwill. I worked at the one on Midway, and you know what the Goodwill does is they um, their shtick is it's kind of a scam, really. Is they uh, if you're disabled or whatever. They'll give you job training, yeah, right, and then they pay you. I think it's minimum, or it might even be less. They pay you less because they uh, they claim that um, they're getting you job training and some work experience and right. a little bit of pocket money without fucking up your disability benefits, right? You know. So there you go. I've tried to. Here's like uh, years ago, my I was not getting hired anywhere else. My dad was like fuck you, go down to Goodwill then. Mm-hmm. And he made me go down to Goodwill and I yeah. did their their job training program thing that they do for like a week where right. you come in, you do this and that. Right. And then like at the end, they test you like your manual dexterity and right. then like whether or not you know math. Mm-hmm. And um, I finished the whole thing and I sat down with like one of the counselor dudes or whatever and he just goes, um, I need to be honest with you about something. Um, you don't need to be here, right? He's like you. He's like, you took the manual dexterity test, which is like this thing where you had they had like these uh, metal things that you had to stack, and right? Like they slotted into each other, so you had to be like, right, and do it as quick as possible. And he's like, it took you like a second to kind of figure out how to do it with your hand, mm-hmm. and then you just like destroyed it. Like you got like the best fucking score we've ever had on this thing yeah he's like you very clearly don't need to be here right and um i think this program if you would just be taking up a spot from someone that actually needs it right and my dad was pissed right because i came back i was like yeah they they didn't take me overqualified i was overqualified for for goodwill dad right and he's like bullshit yeah, and, he, and that's when I told him, and I yeah. was like, I, I, I was like, honestly, my dad forced me to be here. I, right, I've been looking for work. I couldn't get a job, and he was like, go down here. Yeah, so yeah, so so um, so basically, the way they would do it is, like, the people that were in the program or whatever would mostly work in the back, and then they would hire cashiers and whatever 
And so that's what I was. I was a cashier. But the people who did the stocking of the items, that was a mixed bag. You didn't oh, know yeah. if they were if they were employees or in the program or whatever. So I meet this girl and she was cute. And so I started talking to her. And it doesn't take long before I figure out that she's not really all there. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But you know, you know she, it's sometimes you get a little crush on the cute retarded. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so um, and so, but we were talking, you know, whatever, whatever. And um, somehow, I think you know, oh, in working there, I came up on a lot of cool shit because I would see everything first. You know, sometimes it wouldn't even make it out of the back room. But if it made out there, I'd see everything first. Then I'd look through your t-shirts and shit. Back then, I was a regular size. <laughs> um, and I came up on this Black Sabbath shirt. So I was just like, oh, yeah, of course I'm getting this, you know. And uh, and she's like, oh, do you like Black Sabbath? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, do you know who William Ward is? And I'm <laughs> like, that's fucking yeah. weird. That's a weird way of saying it. Yeah. And I'm like, sure do. And she's like, yep, he spoke at my group home. He came and he spent the evening with us and told us about all his experiences and, like, you know, gave us, like, encouragement and all this stuff. William Ward there, huh? Oh, fucking William Ward, dude. I I was like, here in San Diego? She was like, yeah. She was like, he came a few times. And I was like, wow. I need to go to a group home. Yeah, I need to go to a group home (laughs) and fucking second meet (coughs) Meet the heroes. Yeah. But so that, yeah, that's my, uh, and man, and unfortunately, you know, after Sabbath said that, you know, he wasn't able to tour, mm-hmm. and he said it was about money, um, he uh, was supposed to come here with the solo band to the Brick by Brick. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the Brick by Brick, if you wait long enough, you'll get to meet the band. Yeah. There's no, like, there's only two ways out. Um, so I was going to go. For yeah. sure, and due to health reasons, it was canceled. So, so I mean, there's maybe some there's, validity, you know. I'm sure there's something in the middle. Right. I'm sure it's is a money thing, right. possibly, but there's also like we don't know if he can make it through a full tour. Right. Right. Or this young cat we got right. from Ozzy's band is fucking hitting the drums hard, right. yeah. and he can go the distance. Yeah. So there you go, and that's and that's how. It, I mean, to me, it's you know, it's uh. We went to that show. It was fucking awesome. You know, uh, I'm I'm glad I went. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. Uh, too bad it, it wasn't Bill Ward. I wish it was. Yeah. Um, I had gotten to see Bill Ward in 99s with, with them, so, yeah. so that was cool. Um, it, it wasn't ideal, but, you know, I mean... It was still awesome, you know, yeah. uh, and and Sabbath was still Sabbath. It wasn't like some sad, uh, some kind of busted. Yeah, black no, Sabbath. they sounded fucking great. Ozzy, of course, fucks up the lyrics uh, once yeah. or twice, but, but you expect that's you. Ozzy, you know. And but yeah, yeah, that was one of those concerts that, um, I don't have a whole lot of concert experiences where I go like. This is an event. This right. Is a, this is something that I could potentially tell my kids about. Yeah. Uh, seeing Black Sabbath during their final tour. Yeah. 
at the Hollywood Bowl. Right. You know, and something about it being there was a trip, too, because you walk up that hill with the, everyone. Yeah. It's like a big, uh, like you're going up to the mount for some ceremony yeah. or some shit it's like a big, that. Yeah, it's not like when we saw a ghost where it's like you're fucking filing through the hallways of an old-ass theater. Yeah, yeah. And it was fucking quiet. Oh, uh, that's what I said in the, in the elevator. I said, uh, we're going to see ghosts in a haunted theater. Yeah. Yeah, which I wouldn't be surprised if that fucking... I mean, if anywhere downtown has ghosts in it, it's probably that fucking place. Yeah. And the jail, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of our favorite Sabbath songs that aren't kind of the obvious ones. All right. Anything, but like, I have a few, I think, you know, because like you said, a lot of people, it's, you know, there's the hits. Yeah. Um, I feel like Sabbath's at this point where there's also not a fuck ton of deep cuts Right. When Sabbath's concerned. Yeah, no, not really. have been listened to front and back. Right. Um, for me, though, um, a national acrobat right. is one of them because it just has like an all-time... Cool and the riff, yeah. And it's such a... I, it's hard to describe that riff, too. Like, it's it's got like a bouncy yeah. quality to it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh is a fun one. Right. Um you know, fairies wear boots. Fairies wear boots is yeah. always is up there with me all the time. I like those songs with the riffs, with the, with the odd riffs too, like uh, like Lord of This World, yeah, Into the Void. I love those riffs though, because those are like those are just Iomi signature riffs. You know, like I don't see any nobody else comes up with riffs like that. Yeah, you know. Um, Hand of Doom, you know, electric funeral. electric funeral. Me and my brother had a had a inside joke for the longest time about electric funeral. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to go. Uh, we we're going to a Padres game at Qualcomm. So mm -hmm. this obviously a long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. Uh, and it was funny. This is when interleague play was still fairly new. Right. Playing the Boston Red Sox. Oh shit! And uh, place was probably packed. Yeah, so we were going to that, and uh, we were walking, we were walking down from the trolley, and we see this old lady just fucking hauling by an electric wheelchair, <laughs> like quick. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're just like sitting there, and I don't know what my brother came to his mind. He just was like electric wheelchair, yeah. electric wheelchair. Oh, so we're starting to come up with fucking like lyrics to electric wheelchair oh, it's like you are fucking old and your legs don't work yeah. electric wheelchair oh, but man. um that's one of those things around here man one time my sister used to work right off of home avenue at this uh, school over there ghetto uh, elementary school and uh, one time i was driving over there to uh to drop off something for her or whatever and on the way over there, I seen um, an electric wheelchair. Uh -huh. A dude in an electric wheelchair towing a chick in a wheelchair <laughs> to the liquor store. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. They're like, they're balling out of control right here. Fuck, man. About to get lit. So I'm going to throw two more songs out real quick. And right. then we can start getting out of here. Um, off of volume four, the last track, Under the Sun. Oh, yeah. Um Overall, it's a sick track, right? But the uh, the end gets stuck in my head so much when it's just 
It sticks in your fucking brain. That is a that is a, a incredible riff, dude. That's an incredible riff, and uh, and that it's like a that it's like a wrap up riff is yeah. because you could have built a whole song around that riff. You yeah, know? somebody else would have. You know. And speaking of one more incredible riff that I think doesn't get enough love, um, just overall. I don't see it mentioned in like the top tier Sabbath songs, but uh, Megalomania, right? Off Sabotage, yes. It kind of has that f- that same Black Sabbath formula where it starts off droning, yeah, and then it kicks it in, You're right? But when it kicks it in, that fucking just bam, right? Da 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 da, yeah, da 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 da, and it's yeah. it's such a fucking killer, riff. yeah, fuck yeah. And the cool thing is, is on the end. Album, yeah. Um, you know, we didn't get to see. They do a couple little things on that. Where mm-hmm. then the very last show they played, one of them. Your attention, please. Yeah. The library will be closing in thirty minutes. Shout All out restrooms to restrooms and computers will shut down in fifteen minutes. This is definitely staying in. This is staying. They get the fuck out. That's of our library. trademark. That's surprising. How about some fucking? <laughs> it was pretty it. fucking loud. <laughs> but um, they played like a little. Uh, um, they did a little jam where they threw in some of those riffs from other songs that they right. were playing. Yeah. So they play, you know, they play, you know, it starts off with like um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and mm. it goes into other shit, and then it ends with that riff from Megalomania. Right. So they played that live one last time. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, dude, I wish they did that when we zong. Right. I would have fucking lost my mind. Yeah. That's the thing about about the um, you know, it's like Sabbath has so many songs that they have to play, you know. There's not a lot of wood that room. there's not a lot of room for for yeah, you know, and um, another riff that I mean you know obviously, it's a little played out, but the riff to Iron Man is uh, is everybody's second riff they learned. Yeah. If you learned Smoke on the Water first. Then you learn Iron Man second yeah. or Iron Man's first, first and it's whatever. So I mean, it's just like uh, such a it's so simple, but nobody else wrote it before. Yeah. So it's just like fucking it's perfect in a way, you know? Just like Smoke on the Water is perfect in a way. Yeah, it's those things that seem like it's amazing that nobody came up with it before yeah. until they did it. Like I was watching something where they were talking about that concept with uh, with jokes. Right. And they were talking about that like with The Simpsons where right. they said there are so many jokes in The Simpsons that are, that's the first time that that type of joke was told and nobody, and it's like, how did nobody come up with that before? Right. It's right in your face. Like the, they compared it to a classic line. I forgot what it was from. Right. But someone was going, uh, hey, you, Yeah. I want to fight. Yeah. Them's fighting words, <laughs> you know. And yeah. it's like that's like how did nobody come up with somebody had to come up with that right, first, right? You know. And you know what? And speaking of that, because I was thinking of a parallel earlier today, and I was thinking, you know, when you go when you're telling a joke, and then there's a the setup is such that there's a couple of places you can land with with the punchline, right? Uh-huh. But instead, 
you go to a real dark fucking place, right? <laughs> that's like the tritones. That's like that's like the 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 riff in Black Sabbath, where it just goes to that place where it's not supposed to go, and it leaves you all fucked up. One of my favorite jokes I ever wrote actually does something like that, where you know I was saying you know we need to get rid of. Um, the phrase what happens in blank stays in blank. Right. Because it's played out. It was cute when it was what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Right. And now it's like people just say it for everything. And I was like, I'm at the dentist and I overheard someone just say, well, you know, with the, you know what happens at grandma's stays at grandma's. Yeah. So that I, my punchline that came up with that is like, you know, uh, I'm a little jealous because somebody's grandma has fucking hookers and blow. <laughs> and all my grandma had was Alzheimer's. <laughs> and man, the first time I told that at an yeah. open mic at the ACC mic, yeah, the, I got a big laugh, but a few people in the front row were like, yeah. And I was like, she's my fucking grandma. Right. Don't fucking worry about it. No and shit. that reeled them back in. Yeah. But it's like I took it to that dark level on that one. Yeah. Yeah, see, you Not hit, to toot my you own hit the tritone, you <laughs> hit the tritone on that one. All right, so that's gonna wrap up this week's episode. Next week we'll be back with Sabbath Part Three, Dio and Beyond. Yeah, you know, of course, most of it will be Dio. Yeah, you know, and and the and maybe the drama that led to Dio joining or whatever it was, but that will be next week. On the Hit the Light podcast. Until then, this is me, Big Frog, and I am Iron Man. That's right, baby, and we're out. All right. <laughs> it's like we need to get out of here before that motherfucking voice no comes back shit. on and be like, "You have ten minutes, scaring me half to death." <laughs>